The name of the series is called Wisdom Says. And uh, the, one of the reasons why this series is so, um, why I'm so excited about this and why I'm, I'm so much looking forward to our next couple of weeks together um, is because of a very simple truth, actually. Um, it, it's this, and I think you know this. Life, right, life actually has enough unavoidable pain. So why in the world would any of us, right, why in the world would any of us actually want to add any more pain to our lives? And see, one of my hopes for, for you as, as your pastor whether you're 15 or 25 or 45 or 65, no matter how old you are, I actually want to help you as much as I possibly can to avoid as much of the avoidable pain that it's possible to avoid in this life. In fact, I would be willing to, to bet um, that if you were to kind of think about your greatest regret for a moment, whether that's a season of life, an event in life, a circumstance in life, whether it's a relationship, um, whatever it was, if you're to kind of think about that great regret for a minute, and if you were to superimpose what we're going to talk about together over these next couple of weeks onto that regret, I would be willing to bet that you would probably have been able to avoid much of that pain and much of that hurt simply by listening, applying, and doing what we're going to be talking about together in this series. Now, that's a big statement, but why do I say that? Because I know for me, when I think about my greatest regrets in life, and I got plenty of them, I'll be honest. If, I, if someone would have shared with me the things that we're going to talk about together over the course of this series, I would have been able to avoid much of the pain and much of the heartbreak in my life. And so I know that this is going to be hugely significant for many of us, and so I'm really hoping that this is going to be a helpful series for you and an opportunity for you to see exactly how much your Heavenly Father loves you. Now, the inspiration for all this, um, what we're going to talk about together, actually comes from the book of Ephesians. It's Ephesians chapter 5, and I've been studying this section of Scripture um, for about 28 years. And the reason I know it's been 28 years is because the verse that we're going to talk about, is, the couple of verses, are right next to the verses that um, speak about marriage in Ephesians chapter 5 that Autumn and I spent a lot of time um, studying and reading together while we were dating in college. And it was while I was kind of reading what, what, uh, what Jesus has to say about marriage and what God has to say about marriage that I kind of bumped into these verses that we're going to look at together today somewhat accidentally. Um, but I'm telling you, these verses have ended up becoming hugely significant in my life personally. In fact, these verses are, are kind of the inspiration um, in a very real way um, for me, for what is my most often repeated um, and my most asked prayer of, my, of our Heavenly Father. Now, many of you know that the book of Ephesians was written by the Apostle Paul, right? And the Apostle Paul, he steps onto the pages of history, not as a Jesus follower, not as a Christian, um, but as a, a person who is completely committed to eradicating Christianity from the face of the earth. Because at this point, the Apostle Paul was a Jewish leader, and at this time in the first century, um, Christianity, you might not know this, Christianity was kind of thought of as just this knockoff um, Jewish religious cult. And so the Apostle Paul was completely committed to removing all traces of Christianity from the earth. Um, but then, um, suddenly, on one single day, instead of eradicating Christians, he actually became a Christian. And he spent his life, um, instead of putting people or Christians in jail and trying to get them executed, he spent the rest of his life trying to convince other people 
that they should follow him as they follow Jesus together. Now, if you've grown up in church, the truth is you've heard that before, right? And so that kind of loses the punch for for many of us because we know this. But let me tell you what, what this would be like. If you're a Democrat, imagine on your way to work that something happens and you suddenly become a Republican. And then when you're at work, you decide that you're going to go find all of your friends that you know are also Democrats, and you're going to go convince them to all be Republicans also. Imagine if you're a Republican, and something happens to you in your car on the way to work, and not only do you become a Democrat in your car on the way to work, but you decide to go find all the other Republican people you know at work, and you tell all those people that, listen, you're either going to become a Democrat with me, or you're no longer going to be my friend. Right? And if you're thinking to yourself, okay, Joe, that's absolutely impossible. That would never happen. Right? That would take an act of God. Right? The Apostle Paul says exactly. Right? Exactly. That is exactly what happened to him. Right? So this is how um, this kind of all comes together. In the letter uh, that we know of as the, the letter to the Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, he writes to all these followers of Jesus who are living all around the Mediterranean Rim, who are part of the churches that he planted. And in this letter, he tells them things like, okay, you used to live in darkness, but now you live in light. Right? You used to not be a follower of Jesus, but now you are a follower of Jesus. You used to try to deceive each other, and you mistreated each other, and you hurt each other. Well, now that you're a follower of Jesus, you can't do that anymore. You can't just treat people the way that people have treated you. Now that you're a follower of Jesus, Paul says, you actually have to treat other people the way your Heavenly Father has treated you through Jesus. And so he goes into great, great detail talking about what it means to actually live in this world as a follower of Jesus. And he talks about deceit, and he talks about immorality, and he talks about honesty, and he talks about forgiveness, and he talks about grace. And he is incredibly, if you haven't read him, he is incredibly, incredibly smart. But he also realizes that what he's saying to all these people is kind of a hard sell. Because they don't even know him. Like, they're literally on the other side of the world from him. They've never even met him, most of them. And he's not even with them physically, right? He's writing them a letter. And so he kind of backs up and, and he says, okay, I, I, know, I, I know that I'm asking you to live a completely different kind of life than you've ever experienced before. I, I get it. I understand. And he understands that the, the people living in Ephesus, just like us, Right? They lived in a day and an age of history that was not conducive to the kind of honesty or transparency or forgiveness or morality that, that any of us are used to. We just don't see it happen in our world, just like they didn't see it happen in their world. And he realizes all of this. And so he kind of backs up a little bit as he gets to the end of his letter, now that he's told them all these very practical, very specific things. And he says, I know this is hard, so I'm going to give you a first step. And for this first step, what he says is, listen, if you would just approach every opportunity, every decision, right, every circumstance, if you would just kind of keep this big picture in mind, this is going to help you live in the kingdom of light rather than continuing to live in the kingdom of darkness. This is what he says beginning in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. He says, be very careful then how you live. Right, and this word here that we translate as live is actually the word for walk. 
And so he says, be very careful then how you walk. And careful in this, ter- in this sentence is actually a visual term. And he's meaning look around. Right? Pay attention. I want you to look ahead. I want you to look over to the side. I want you to, to look behind yourself. I want you to see what's behind you. I want you to be very careful. I don't want you to be careless how you live your life. And then he goes on and he explains exactly what he means by that. And he says, live as, as wise, right? Don't live as unwise, but live as wise. And in this verse, right, the Apostle Paul, he equates um, unwise with careless, and he equates wise with careful. And he says, listen, I want you to be wise. I don't want you to be unwise. I, 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 unwise, unwise would be just do whatever with whoever, whenever, and don't ever worry about the consequence. That would be unwise, the Apostle Paul says. But careful is be careful, be wise. Look at where you're going. Pay attention to where you've been. Look at what's happening around you. Right, then he continues and he goes on and he says this, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise. And if you're following along in your Bible right now, it probably says making the most of every opportunity, which is good. But it really misses what the Apostle Paul says literally, because what he literally says is this. He says, redeeming the time. Because time is, in fact, your most important asset. It is your most irreplaceable asset. Time, the Apostle Paul would say, is your greatest asset. So the way that you live your life, he says, I want you to be careful. I want you to be wise. I want you to look ahead. I want you to look around. I want you to look on what's going on around you. And then he says this very interesting, he makes this very interesting statement. And he says this, because the days are evil. Right now, what in the world does he mean by evil? Right? And the Apostle Paul would say, well, listen, here's what you know, right? Here's what we know. He would say, listen, you live in a time where if, if there are currents that are kind of happening all around you. And if you're not careful, those currents, if you just kind of pick up your feet, those currents are going to move you someplace that you don't want to go. There are currents in the world around you that you're living in right now. And if you just kind of pick up your feet um, relationally, you're going to go someplace relationally that you don't actually want to go. There are currents that are moving financially in your world right now. And if you just kind of pick up your feet and you go with the flow financially, one day you're going to look back and you're going to wonder, okay, how in the world did I get here because I am not anywhere where I want to be. And the Apostle Paul would say, well, that's because the days are evil. And if we just pick up our, cur- our, our legs and just kind of let the currents take us wherever we end up, no one is going to actually want to be where they end up going. You will be somewhere that you do not want to go. That's what the Apostle Paul says. So, he says, the days are evil. Therefore, you've got to be careful. Right? You've got to be wise, not unwise. You've got to redeem the time. And then he makes a very, very, very specific statement. And the statement is a little bit, this is kind of hard, in fact, this is a little bit of a dig uh, for those of us who, who are followers of Jesus, because the Apostle Paul says this. He says, therefore, in light of what I just told you, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now, here's why this is a little bit of a dig, right? Because he's talking to those of us who like to look for loopholes, right? That's what he's saying. 
And he's saying, listen, he's saying, listen, if you're not a follower of Jesus, he says, I understand completely, right? Caesar tells you something, you don't like what Caesar tells you, so you look for a way around it. I get it. Makes complete sense. But if you're a follower of Jesus, right, if you're a follower of Jesus, the, the Apostle Paul is saying, listen, we're not talking about Caesar. We're talking about your heavenly father, right? So don't pretend like you didn't know. Right? Don't pretend like you didn't understand. Don't pretend um, l- like it wasn't clear. Don't pretend like you don't understand what it is that he's saying. Because this isn't Caesar. This is your Savior that we're talking about. Tell yourself the truth. Right? Literally, the, this word understand, is the literal ex- ex- translation of this is face up to. Right? He says, therefore, face up to. Right, face up to what the Lord's will is. Because you know what the current of culture is. You know that one thing always leads to another. Right? So stop talking yourself into things you should be talking yourself out of and stop talking yourself out of things that you should actually be talking yourself into. Don't do that, he says. Don't do that. I want you to pause, the Apostle Paul is saying, and I want you to actually face up to and understand what you know your Heavenly Father and your Savior want for you. That the standard is not, okay, what is everybody else doing and is it legal and what did I do the last time? The the standard for every decision, every opportunity, right, every invitation, the the standard, um, the litmus test is not any of those things. The, the, The question is, okay, in this situation, what in the world is wisdom actually saying to me right now, right? What is wisdom saying to me right now? Not everybody else, right? No, what is wisdom saying to me right now? I want you to say this with me. Ready? What is wisdom saying to me right now? One more time. What is wisdom saying to me right now? For the next couple of minutes, I want us to take this statement, which applies to all of us, and I want us to personalize this. Um, and, And by personalize this, what I mean is, if you do this properly, you are going to become very, very uncomfortable. Okay? So if you suddenly feel yourself uncomfortable, then you're actually doing this correctly. Okay, so for the next few minutes, if you get uncomfortable, just know that this is actually what you are supposed to be feeling right now. Now, why do I say that? Because, see, the truth is, every single one of us in this room, all of you watching right now, you are all ridiculously smart. Do you know that? And do you know that the easiest person to get into trouble is you? And and did you know that the easiest person that you could ever convince to do something that you really don't want to do, do you know that's actually you? You are the smartest person. You are the person who is most likely to convince yourself to do something that you're going to one day look back on with regret. Right? And this is hard. I get it. But I'm being honest with you because I'm your pastor and I care about you. Very few of us, right, very few of us, think about this, Very few of us actually look back on the things that we regret most in our lives and we say to ourselves, I have no idea how that happened. Because the truth is, if we're honest, we know exactly how that happened, don't we? Because we made a series of unwise decisions, right? Not immoral, more than likely, not illegal, 
right? Not, not right and wrong. We just made a series of unwise decisions. If somebody would have caught us or stopped us in the middle, we would have talked our way out of it. It would have been fine. But we made a series of unwise decisions, right? Unwise, unwise, unwise. And then all of a sudden, big, fat mess. And we talked ourselves into something that we had no business talking ourselves into. And see, as followers of Jesus, the Apostle Paul is reminding all of us, listen, in every situation, in every circumstance, in every decision, your Heavenly Father, He is going to speak to you. And what He's going to speak to you is wisdom. Right, so let's personalize this. We're going to look at this um, as Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 um, kind of, kind of um, alludes us to. We're going to look at this from three different perspectives of time. The first is this, in light of my past, right? What is wisdom saying to me right now in light of my past? Because my past is not your past, right? And your past is not my past, and so the truth is, it may be okay for you to do something that's actually not okay for me to do. Have you ever felt like history just constantly repeats itself? Right? The reason history repeats itself is because we don't actually stop and ask this question. Right? We think to ourselves, okay, um, listen, it's going to be different this time. Right? It's going to be different this time. I learned my lesson. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. You know why we do that? Because all of us are human. And every single one of us thinks that we can actually manage outcomes. This question is how you stop history from repeating itself. Right? In light of my past, what is wisdom saying to me right now? Not to everybody else. Right? Not to everybody else. What's wisdom saying to me? right now in light of my past not what is simply the right thing to do right not simply um, what did I do last time or what do I think I can get away with right this is a way 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 better question than any of those questions in light of my past what is wisdom saying to me right now you know why we hate this question because if we're honest, this question takes all the things in life that we want to make gray and we want to make fuzzy and we want to kind of see different options with. It makes all of those things crystal clear, doesn't it? Because unfortunately, when I ask this question, I know exactly where I should not go. And I know exactly what I should not do. And I know exactly who I should not invite. And I know exactly why this is a bad idea. If you want history to stop repeating itself, then you ask and you act on this question. Now, the second perspective is similar. What is wisdom saying to me right now based on my present circumstance? Right? Because you just got married. Right? You just had a baby. You just had a, a second baby. Right? You just got engaged. What is wisdom saying to me right now, not everybody else, right? What is wisdom saying to me in light of my present circumstance right now? Because you just started a new job, right? You just moved. What is wisdom saying to me right now in spite of the fact that, that you're trying to get out of debt? What is wisdom saying to me in spite of my present circumstance right now because you just got through a tough, tough divorce? And I get it, you're feeling lonely, but you're vulnerable, 
right? And you think you may have met him or you may have met her. What is wisdom saying to me right now in light of my present circumstance? See, this isn't about right or wrong. This isn't about legal or illegal, right? This isn't about what everybody else is doing. This isn't even about what you've done in the past. What is wisdom saying to me right now in light of my present circumstance? And then the third one, the last one, is perhaps the most significant of them all. In fact, this question has the power by itself to just radically alter and change the trajectory of a life. What is wisdom saying to me right now based on my future hopes and dreams? Right? Think about this. What a tragedy. Right? What a tragedy it is to trade in tomorrow for something today that you don't even really care about today. What a tragedy it is. What a terrible decision it is to trade in a future relationship for a relationship that you have right now that you already know right now is not going to be with you in the future. I'm telling you, this question has the potential to radically alter the trajectory of a life. Because see, for some of us, right, if you're honest, and you think about the people that you spend the most time with, if you're honest with yourself, you know that that group of people does not have future hopes and dreams. In fact, you know that the furthest out that they ever think is two weeks from now when they're going to get paid next. Right? But come on, you've got future hopes and dreams. Right? You've got something, you've got a picture of the future that you're hoping and you're praying that your Heavenly Father is going to make happen in your future. Right? Do not trade your future for something or someone that you know, that you know will not be with you in the future. What is wisdom saying to me right now based on my future hopes? And dreams. What's wisdom saying to me? Not everybody else. Right? Because everybody else, come on, they do not share. Everybody else does not share your future hopes and dreams. What is wisdom saying to you? Do you want to finish with her? Do you want to end, uh, end up together with him? What you do today is going to impact that future. And, and, and see, here, here's, uh, listen, I've been doing this a long time. And I'm going to tell you something that I've discovered, and I think it's something you already know. Nobody plans. Nobody plans to mess up their life. They just do not plan not to. Listening to what it is that wisdom says is how you plan not to. Every invitation, every decision, Every circumstance, what is wisdom saying to me right now in light of my past, in light of our present circumstance, and in light of my future hopes and dreams? Right, sweetheart, come on, sweetheart, sweetheart. What is wisdom saying to us right now in light of our past, in light of our present circumstance, and in light of our future hopes? And dreams. Family. 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 What is wisdom saying to us right now 
in light of our past, in light of our present circumstance, and in light of our future hopes and dreams. Every invitation, every opportunity, every decision, our Heavenly Father will answer that prayer. And you'll know. You'll know. Right, and come on, should we be surprised? Right, should we really be surprised that as followers of Jesus, that all through the Old Testament and the New Testament, we're called to live at the level not of what I can get away with, not at the level of what's legal, not simply at the level of what I did last time, but at the level of be very careful then how you live. Right, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. And so therefore, right, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So here's my challenge to you this week as we wrap up this week and get ready for next week. Uh, and I'm not going to ask you to do anything. Okay, so we'll just let all the pressure out of the room really quick, right? I'm not going to ask you to do anything different th than you're already doing, right? If you're, now, for those of you, a couple of you are overachievers, and you're going to want to start doing this right away, that's great, go for it, right? But for the rest of us, right, for the rest of us, I'm not asking you to do anything different than what you're presently doing. I'm not asking you to break up with anybody. I'm not asking you to back out of anything. I'm not asking you to do any of that stuff. I just want to help you start a new habit, Right, a new habit. At the be when, whenever there's an opportunity, whenever there's a decision, whenever there's an invitation, what is wisdom saying to me right now? You owe it to yourself to actually know the answer to this question. Whether or not, get this, whether or not you actually intend to do anything about it doesn't even matter. You owe it to yourself to know the answer to this question whether or not you ever act on this question or not. And see, listen, again, some of you, I get it. You're very polite, and you're listening, you're very polite, right? And some of you are thinking to yourselves, okay, Joe, there is no way. This is like the most preachy, preacher, preacher message, preachiest message I've ever heard in my life. This is silly, it's dumb, I'm not doing any of this, this is ridiculous. I get it, okay, I get it. Just hear me out for one more minute. If there is something that's inside of you right now that is resisting this whole idea, pay attention to that resistance because that resistance is actually telling you something about you. Do you know what that resistance is telling you about yourself right now? It's telling you that you do not actually have your own best interest in mind. And if you don't have your own best interest in mind, then who in the world does? I mean, come on, we live in a world that is constantly competing for our attention every single moment of every single day. If you do not have your own best interest in mind, then who in the world actually has your own best interest in mind? And besides, isn't it true? I mean, just think about this for a minute. Isn't it true if there really is a God up in heaven somewhere who loves you so much that he says to you, whenever you think of me, I want you to think perfect Heavenly Father. If there really is a God who inspired these words and who loves you that much, isn't it possible that that same God might actually have your best interest in mind even when you don't? 
See, here's something that's true about your Heavenly Father, and, and this might be brand new for you. Because many of us, you can grow up, you, you can spend your entire life in church, and you still don't actually know or believe what I'm about to tell you. But your Heavenly Father is not primarily against sin. Your Heavenly Father is primarily for you. Which means that he is against anything. He is actually against anything that hurts you. What is wisdom saying to me right now? In light of my past, in light of my present circumstance, and in light of my future hopes and dreams. That's where we're going to pick it up together next week. But before you go, I have three questions. These are printed on your outline for you. Those of you who are watching at home right now, or if you didn't grab an outline, take a picture of this screen. I have three questions that I would love for you to either honestly ask and think about yourself during the course of this next week, or even better than that. This would be a great conversation for a small group. This would be a great conversation for a family over a meal. This would be a great conversation for a group of friends over lunch. Here are the questions. What are some of the currents in culture that make it difficult to listen what wisdom is saying? Number two, think about your personal hopes and dreams for the future. What's happening in your life right now that if you're not careful could actually cause you to miss your future hopes and dreams? And then number three, What's one area in your life that, if you're honest, you need some help from a group of people who would remind you to actually ask and act on this question? What is wisdom saying to me right now? I want to pray for you, and then we're going to close in worship together. Heavenly Father, Father, as we, as we begin this brand new series today, and as we think about this uh, intimidating, this question that seems just too simple on the surface. But Father, as we think about this idea, this idea that you would actually speak to our hearts, that you actually care about us enough, that in every circumstance, in every decision, with every invitation, that you would in fact, speak, and you would speak words of wisdom. Father, I pray for each of us that we would be open to hearing whatever you have to say to us, Holy Spirit, as intimidating as this might be, as easy to resist as this might be for some of us. Father, that we would be reminded that you are for us. And whenever we think that we're better, whenever we think we're smarter, whenever we think, Father, that you're gooder, we are missing, missing and misunderstanding something about you, Jesus, something about your love, something about what you want 
for us because no one is more loving. No one is more kind. No one is more filled with grace, Father, than you. And so, Father, I pray for all of us, on behalf of all of us, let us hear your word. Help us to hear what wisdom is saying to us, to me, right now. Jesus, we pray and we ask all of this. In your incredible name, amen.